This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome in, my friends, to a very special edition of Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin, and I'm your host today, and I'm joined by one of my good buddies, my pal, Jake Randelich. Jake, thank you for coming on. It's been it's, it's a pleasure for you to incite us with your sports takes. Oh, thank you so much, my man. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a huge fan of your show. You're absolutely oh, fantastic. Thanks, man. Very knowledgeable. Thanks. Very handsome. And um, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to talk some sports. Great, man. Uh, first, before we get into get into everything, um, what's your uh, what's your expertise? I just want I'm just curious, just to let everybody know. So, you football guy, basketball. Oh man, you know what? I'm an I'm an everything guy. Uh, I'd say I'd say my primary sport though is is my Chicago Bears and the NFL. There you go. Um, and then that's followed by uh, the NBA and my lackluster Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that wraps up with the best baseball team of all time, the Chicago Cubs. The 2016 Chicago Cubs. The 2016 Chicago Cubs with over 100 wins. This. Uh, you think that's gonna happen? I I mean it's it's hey. more than likely. Hey, it could happen. But, you know, today, you mentioned the Bulls, and honestly, I talk about the Bulls in almost every podcast because they piss me off so much. Sure. But today, we're going we're gonna to put them aside because we have so much to talk about in other sports. I'll get, I'll get very upset if we start talking about the Bulls. Oh, same so here. We I'll get well red just... in the face and I'll start sweating and everything. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had a lot of stuff happening since my last podcast over a week ago. Jake Arrieta, by the way, threw another no-hitter. No Absolutely did. That's two and nine starts, yes. I believe. And, yeah, second in two years and difference in nine starts. I think that's like the third shortest span of throwing. Second, third. Crazy, yeah. crazy stuff happening there. So we're going to discuss some Cubs baseball because I love it. Also, another crazy draft trade happened. Oh, man. On the heels of this L.A. Rams thing that went down. They went to from 15 to 1, right? Uh, the Rams went from 15 to 1. The Eagles went from 15. Eight, eight to two, to two with the Browns, and the, Browns. the Eagles gave up a buttload of picks and stuff. An unbelievable amount. But so I mean, that's what happens when Chip Kelly, you know, takes over your organization. Well, he's gone forward. now, right? Oh, so, oh, I know, but yeah. I'm saying previously you, you put see yourself the, in that position. The, the damage control yeah. now. It's 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 absolutely horrible. But Doug Peterson, you know, he's a proven guy. He should he should get that franchise going in the right direction. I just don't know if this was the right move. But we'll, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll into get that, to that for sure. Yep. Uh, I'm excited to hear your takes on it because you're a big draft guy, and good thing we have. Have draft stuff to talk about because Thursday is the NFL draft. It already. sure is in Chicago. It's draft in time, Chicago. Baby. Bears pick eleven. I'm excited for it because there's going to be a ton of value there. So Absolutely. we're going to go there, and then we'll end the show with some Hawks talk, but not specifically any like breakdown of the Blackhawks because you and I we're we're not hockey people, not necessarily. But no. you know we're 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 able to pay attention to the media and there's been some sure. crazy stuff that went down with them especially between a player and a, a referee and some derogatory comments we'll touch on that yeah and yeah. also the Blackhawks announcer Pat Foley he had some choice words about a specific um, <laughs> late start stuff so we'll, we'll talk about that but first all right man let's celebrate Jake Arrieta we have oh, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs have probably the best pitcher in baseball right now and honestly over the last Two and a half years, probably definitely two years. Sure, but I'm stretching it because in in 2014 he he was really down. That's where he really took off. But the last two years, Jake Arrieta has proven that he's he's on another historic kind of level as a pitcher. You know what, man? I mean, I think there's three names when you talk about pitchers by the guys. You know, you have Granky, mm-hmm. you have 
Arietta and you have Sale. Mm-hmm. And I think those three guys are just on a different level that we haven't even seen in the past half decade or so. It's just absolute dominance from all three of those guys. I know Granky doesn't necessarily have the help that he may need yeah, sometimes. He's struggling right now, but yeah. he was on a different level the last but, few years with the Dodgers. Oh yep. my lord, I know. But um, yeah. with, with Arietta uh-huh. especially, that no-hitter, I mean, that that is attributed to the... Yeah, the Reds were bad. The, 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 but the ass team that is the you know Cincinnati Reds. But Arietta just he just asserted his dominance over that team and proved that you know he's just uh, he's just he's untouchable. Untouchable. You, you look at him and he had some similar comments to his last no hitter in L.A. He said that he didn't really feel very well uh, coming out of his bullpen session and he took that and turned it into a no hitter and this happened again right in Cincinnati but. It was it was kind of comical. Not only did the Reds get no hit, but they gave up sixteen, 16 runs, runs on eighteen hits, yeah. um, eight extra base hits, <laughs> five home runs, and a grand slam. I mean, the Cubs were just absolutely dominating in this game. And I just want to talk about Arietta a little bit, sure, because going into this season, it was a uh, point of focus for Joe Mann and this organization to kind of limit his innings and his stress levels uh, as a starter, because last year. He threw 229 innings in the regular season. Was it season. 229? Yeah. Unbelievable. And going into the into the playoffs, you know, he threw that complete game shutout against the Pirates in the wild card game. And then, you know, he was pretty much taxed. And it was it was obvious that he didn't have his stuff at oh. the tail end of last year. Because, yeah, he had this When historic, he came out against the Mets, dude, my heart was broken. Yeah, I mean, you know, how he, can didn't, you, he you didn't know, have his stuff. And he wasn't as electric. And it was obvious. And it was just... I, you would have to attribute that to having, you know, burned out. He's a workhorse, man. Oh, yeah. I know. And it's 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 absolutely wild that, like, it, he's been so unbelievable that every time he steps onto the mound, I guarantee I guarantee the Cubs a W. Yeah, right. Which I, which I should not be doing, obviously. That's not, that's, that's not fair, you know, to him, to the team, to, you know, to everyone involved. But that was how I, you know, uh, interpreted it even in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And when I started to see him not have his best stuff, I got um, yep. I got yep. worried. I feel you. I feel you on that one, man. But this, like I was saying, with the the stress levels of pitches, you know, he threw that no hitter in around 120 pitches or so. He threw. He had like four walks in the game. Sure. So it's not like he was like you know not totally in command. He, he was kind of erratic in spots, but he was just yeah. so dominant that the Reds just couldn't do anything. This year, in four starts. He has Four. a he has an 087 ERA. 087. In in 31 innings pitched, only two run or three earned runs given up and 26 strikeouts. Now the strikeout numbers last year, okay, now this is this is interesting too. Sure. Because in tw- 229 innings, Arietta had 236 strikeouts. So you you can just over a strikeout per inning. That's Now it, it, like Sale, we mentioned Sale. Sale he has to kind of change his game a little bit because of the workload. It's similar to Arietta because last year and the year before that and year before that, his strikeout numbers kept going up. Piling right? up, yes. Except the fact he's throwing a ton of pitches and that just wears tears on your arm. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So that's like the that's the that's the focus we're we're looking at with Arietta. But this Cubs team, beyond Arietta, you see Lester, Lackey, Hamill, Hendricks, that rotation, 
It's just like, oh, it's so nice. And you know what, man? Even people were worried about Hendricks, you mm-hmm. know, switching into such a uh, important, you know, that that five spot, you know, that five. Uh, and I think he's proven any critics, any doubters wrong. You know, he's beyond competent. I mean, some of these guys are, you know, you look at Hamill or Hendricks; those those are two, three guys on other teams. You know, right. it's 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 unbelievable. So when you have that type of pitching staff and then you have that lineup that we were talking about earlier you know with Fowler Hayward Bryant Rizzo Zobris Montero Baez Russell Lackey I mean like Solaire off the bench you know Solaire off the solar power baby you know (laughs) like that that's just it's just absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. and um it's almost gotten to the point where the expectations are so incredibly high there really is no ceiling and anything it's 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 world series or bust at this point this is the best team in any major sport right now i would i would uh i would probably i would go, well we're still early in april but i would go out on a limb and agree with that just just base it's so hard to put, put together a team so depth filled with versatile players who can step in in different positions. You got Tommy Lastello who could play third and second. Zobers can play anywhere. Addison Russell, he's the consistent shortstop, but then you have Baez who can play short as a backup, third, center, left. And they're all talented. Absolutely. And we they're had Schwarber pennant. before he was injured. And, yeah, he was, and you lose he was versatile Schwarber, as well. and this team is still dominant. It, it wasn't even, I mean, as horrible as it was, I mean, I, I know you've just it before. It was a gruesome injury. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it almost didn't phase me. Right. You know, you know I, people, it, yeah. it happened and everyone made a really big deal. Like, oh, Schwarber was such a slugger in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I, you know, they remember him for that. But it's like, oh, man, I mean, it's not like we don't have... You know the amount of firepower yeah, to pick thing. it up off that's the bench. The thing. Like you know, you lose, say, say like for other teams, if you lose somebody like a big left-handed power bat in their lineup, who's a middle of the order guy, and he's gone just like that, that'll hurt your club. But with the Cubs, Without that's not the case. No, and it's awesome. I'm so excited for this Cubs team. Uh, <laughs> I had them pegged for the World Series. I've been saying they're going to win the World Series all along, and so far. What is it? Thirteen and four. They are. Arietta already has a no hitter. in Thirteen April. and four. So. Yeah, that's their. They. I just. I've never. It's awesome. It's I love hard. It. It's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to try and find any team that could match the amount of talent they mm-hmm. have on that roster. I agree. It's not like they're one of these special teams that are doing more with less mm-hmm. or are, you know, just tremendously coached, which they are. I mm-hmm. mean, Madden is doing He's a, a absolutely maker. fantastic job. But it's gotten to the point where the team is just so unbelievably, I mean, I keep saying talented for lack yeah, of a better I, word. That's but pretty much it. That's how it's, it is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's really, it's it's a special thing to watch, man. And other other than Cubs teams in the past, you know, you have all this talent and they kind of fell short. Yeah, uh, they I, squander it. I think in what comes to mind immediately is 08 when they kind of just got swept out of the playoffs in the first round. By the round. Dodgers, right? Yep. And then in 07, they, they, they put together a really good season and got swept again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then in 2009, they totally underachieved but we don't have to go into that no but no, still no, no. I, that was the Pinella days i mean with all of the expectations and milton bradley by the way screw him but, uh, <laughs> all the expectations going into 2016 you just you, and, and all the narratives that go along with the cubs oh they choke they oh they're gonna fail they're terrible they're lovable losers you know and so far this it's just they're living up to it and yeah. men always says don't let the pressure exceed the pressure or the pleasure don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure and if you buy into that, which it looks like that they are, it's, it works. Yeah. But, but I want to go back real quick to talk sure. about 
Arietta and Sale. Okay. You brought up Sale earlier. Yeah. And he, just to compare the two, I think a lot of people, well, you you were telling me that you think Arietta is better than Sale. I do. I do. Uh, you know what? If if we look at it from a, from a pure skill perspective, I think Sale's stuff is so nasty. Right. That... Skill wise, Sale's a better player. But right now, yeah, the Arietta stuff is like historic. The, but the momentum Arietta is riding, the team he's on, what he's what he's doing, you know, he kind of coming emerging from obscurity mm-hmm. these past couple of years, and obviously he's on the better team, even though the White Sox are no slouch. Right. Um it, it, I, I, he's the better pitcher right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like sales skill. Yeah. Is no, superior. I know exactly if, if that, what you mean. If, if that because makes any sense. I wanted to get on this because, yes, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying. Arietta right now is on a different level. And he's proven that he is a more, you know, capable and he's a more dominant pitcher in this specific part of his career. But with Sale, Sale, as soon as he came up, he oh, was consistently oh my dominant. Gosh. He was consistently dominant. And Arietta, it took him. What was it? Six or seven years before he totally transformed into a dominant starter. So yeah. that's that's the difference there. But yeah, I I I if I I was listening to the score and they were asking I don't know some fuck the score. Well, you don't like the score? I don't like the fucking six seventy. Well, oh, they're they're the go to. The dude. Well, are you an ESPN guy? Dude, absolutely not. Oh. No, I mean, I'm 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 not a big radio guy. I mean, unless it's my boys over there doing the Bears games on. Yeah. Oh, that's on ESPN though. On 1, no, they're 000. on a WBBM. Oh yes, yeah, yeah seven eighty. Um, but no, I, but dude, the score, the, the, the personalities the on the score, dude. It's just they're frustrating. The I'm I, just saying, we, we don't we don't have to get into this conversation. <laughs> but I'm a score guy, so you're sure. kind of pulling on my heartstrings here. I'm but, sorry about no, that. No, it's okay. Man. There was a caller who asked like. Oh, what would you rather take the 03 Cubs rotation or the 2016 Cubs rotation? And without a doubt, I'm taking the 2016 Cubs rotation. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, you have to. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) We're going to end the conversation with that. This this team. Oh my gosh. We've we've talked a lot, Cubs, and I love it because I'm a Cub fan. You're a Cub fan. I hope everybody else should be a Cub fan. (laughs) Should be a Cub fan. Get on the bandwagon, please. I'm asking you. I want this as a Cubs fan. I know Mike wants it as well. We want this. 108. Eight years, let's go. Bandwagon, bring it on. <laughs> Not Sox fans, everyone. Welcome in. Indian fans, we're, we, we, we're taking applications. Let's go. All right, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Cubs are going to go to the World Series, right? Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Without right. a doubt. But uh, Watch any- out for the Royals, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Sure, we, we, sure, we sure. have some crazy news, as I mentioned earlier, in the NFL draft regarding some draft picks being exchanged, and... Boy, this comes on the heels of of that of that blockbuster L.A. Rams trade moving up to one. Yep, yep. So let's 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 break this down real quick. The Eagles sent five draft pick to draft picks to the Browns. <laughs> five, two five. future picks. Yes. In, among the five, the number one the, of them being a first rounder. Yes, and that's huge because the Eagles might suck. <laughs> so the Browns. They will. You think so? Without a doubt. So the Browns get the number eight pick, and they they were they were at two. They were at two, and they dropped only six spots, and yeah. the Rams. Had to go up from fifteen to one. You know yeah. the difference there. Yeah. It's like, dang, so only losing six spots in this deal is insane to begin with. And then they also get a third round pick and a fourth round pick in this draft. 
So the Browns are loading up on deals this year, and then next year they get a first-round pick in 2017. Yep. And then a tw- uh, second-round pick in 2018. Yep. So it's like, Eagles, dude, what are you, what are you Eagles doing? Eagles got the second, and they got a conditional fourth yep. next year. Yep. Um, that's that's absolutely ridiculous, but I mean, I and I've I've been... My, my uncle used to be a scout's aide, so he would just assist, and you know, so he's very... Oh, cool. He's very engaged in college football, so he's always kind of took me under his wing and showed me awesome. what makes a good player and what doesn't, although he did think Jamarcus Russell was going to be a good player. <laughs> that didn't play out. Now, uh, looking at looking at these two quarterbacks, obviously that's what the what we had the Rams move up for and the Eagles move right. up for. And that's the reason why they moved up. These You're guys go aren't get a quarterback. shit. I know. These guys aren't shit. That's the thing. I saw Carson once play at Illinois State. He played, I, I mean, like, and this dude, I mean, it was like, wow, you could tell he was on a different level as compared to the, you know, th- these other dudes on the field. Um, but, I mean, he was he was nothing fantastic, and I saw it with my own eyes. I, you know, I, I watched his pro day. There was nothing fantastic about that. Goff is, uh, uh, l- let me let me mirror every other douchebag that's on TV talking about the draft. Goff is more, uh... NFL ready. Okay, yeah, sure. He is. And he's going to be a decent dude. I mean, he could shape out to be a guy like Rodgers. He's got solid arm strength, solid accuracy. So, I mean, I could see why the Rams would want to move up for him. And by the way, everybody listening, it's a guarantee the Rams are going to take Jared Goff. If you read a mock draft that tells you otherwise, that's wrong. There you go. Um, so these the Eagles essentially moved up knowing they were going to get Carson once. And was was that worth it? I mean, like they the I can't think of his name right now, but the GM spoke of on on the Eagles move and he said okay. it's like chocolate or vanilla. And I said, No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's like chocolate or pistachio. You know, like I mean, you you have you have Jared Goff, a very solid, you know, likable guy, and then you have Carson Wentz, this wild card mm-hmm. that you just moved up to the two for. Yeah. But I you know, I, I don't know what this whole I understand the the typical conversation. You need a quarterback to do well you need a quarterback to be successful you need a quarterback to build your team around well the Browns don't seem to care that much they're content going in RG3 Josh McCowan baby mm-hmm. that's what I'm there talking you about you know so that's and that's and I mean and they're cool with that but I have a you know a little mock going that kind of shakes that up as well um, whenever you'd like me to drop that yeah no I just want to build off what you were sure saying. sure with the Rams yeah and the Eagles it's it's totally obvious that they moved up for the Top two picks in this draft to draft quarterback. Yeah. And with the Eagles, let me ask you. Yeah. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> because they sign they they signed Bradford to a two year extension. Yeah. Right. And he's got that's that's a pretty decent amount of money. Twenty two mil or something. Twenty two million. Yeah. Like per year. A lot. Or whatever guaranteed. It is. I think it was it was something eighteen something yeah. eighteen. Okay. Something so along he's those among lines. the top at least twelve paid quarterbacks in the league at sure least is. top 12 sure is okay after a very mediocre year last year right and i think that also has to do with chip kelly because he's kind of crazy but he's a bitch yeah. it doesn't matter with that but they add chase daniel too <laughs> what are they doing don't hate on my my boy from okay, missouri no, okay okay now I, right now you you have some high praise for chase daniel absolutely but what are they what are they doing if they're gonna go up and trade up for a number two pick who are they gonna take a quarterback and they have sam bradford who's a proven starter competent who you believe is gonna be their guy going into yeah. the season yeah and you have a guy you believe in in chase daniel as a backup yeah and then you go up and trade for a quarterback yeah what are you what are you doing are you I, are you, you obviously if you draft wins he's not gonna be in right away so no. he's gonna be a backup he's gonna to have develop. to build yeah but like i said that so if that happens, then it's going to be Chase Daniel versus Carson Wentz because Sam Bradford's going to be gone eventually. 
But I just don't understand the thought process here. They gave uh, up a ton of value for that pick. And like you said, they're not even worth it. The quarterbacks aren't even worth it. I look back at the best quarterback, I would say, like a top like must-take quarterback. I'm going to look over RG3. Sure. But it's, it was Andrew Luck. It was Andrew Luck. He was a must. And But the Colts would have never given up that pick. No, you know right, what I mean? because and he's a must-get. He's a must-get. In this draft, Jared Goff, is he a must-get? I saw on mock drafts <sighs> before the the trade that the Rams made that he may have fallen out of the top 10. Well, I know the 49ers and Browns and, and Eagles were still in on quarterbacks, but... Early on, Jared yeah, Goff man. wasn't looked at as a this high caliber. You know guy. what? He wasn't. But here's here's how I see things. If we're gonna look in the past two years or so, I think you know we're talking about must get guys. I think Jameis Winston is one of those guys. I think he's one of those guys that is just too good to fail. Um, so if we're talking in the past two years or so, the top four. If we're talking about the guys who are gonna go one two, it's gonna go Winston, Goff, Mariota, Wentz. And so that that is that is high praise for Jared Goff after Mariota had an admirable rookie season. So I mean I can understand the Rams move. You're going to get this proven dude from Cal who you know played against a lot of really good teams, a dominant UCLA defense. You know he's played some he's played some very very good teams. But the Eagles moving up when they have two competent quarterbacks right there on their roster to move up for a dude they're just going to develop who might not even pan out. It just doesn't make sense why you wouldn't wait in the third round for a guy like. Uh, Christian Hackenberg mm-hmm. or Dak Prescott or mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett, any of those dudes who could, you know, step in and, you know, make a difference later on. I just, I, I don't understand the thought process here, but they must see something that we're not, you know, and it, it's <laughs> good luck, Eagles. Yeah. That's all I I'm have to say. I'm glad I'm not an Eagles fan right now, but yeah, that's some, that's some pretty crazy stuff and it shakes up. Really, again, I, I just got done doing a podcast talking about how the first 10 picks are shaken up sure. by this Rams deal. Oh, my damn gosh, deal. without a doubt. And now, again, it's it's it's, it's, it's moved it's moved again. Because well, the Cowboys, before the Eagles went up, the Cowboys could have drafted a quarterback. Oh, I could have totally seen Jerry Jones being the dumb bitch that he is and taking some... Just making a very and, bad decision, you know? I, he Like uh, always. Yeah, he wanted Manziel... In the past, you know, so it wouldn't oh, surprise man. me there. Moved up. What? How much? What did he give up to get Morris Claiborne? And who, he's a bust too. I mean, but I almost wanted to see that happen. <laughs> I almost wanted to see them end up getting a guy like Carson once and getting America's screwed over team, like baby. that. Yeah, of course. But then you had the 49ers and and, and the Eagles eight before the the pick. They, sure. they had all these all these kind of different angles that you could go. Because I'm transitioning into the Bears right now because yeah. we got to talk about Chicago Bears football okay. in every Behind the Pen podcast. Absolutely, so you have to. In the 11th pick, the Bears have a ton of value there, and we, we've, we've talked about it enough. But what do you what do you want to see the Bears do? Well... Thanks, thanks for that question, man. That's a, that's a great question, and they and they do still have a lot of need. My my number one. Um, move that I would like to see them, you know, make is for a cornerback. A corner. I would, I would ideally, I mean, in a in an insane world where Ryan Pace actually likes to, you know, take chances, I would love to see him trade to uh, trade San Diego for their th- uh, third overall pick and go with 
the best player in this draft and the best defensive player in the past few years to come out of the draft, a guy in Jalen Ramsey out of Florida State. Can play safety, can play cornerback, has all the intangibles, confident dude, just a just an overall badass, just a bad dude who is going to step in and just be a G. You know, he's going to, um, pardon my mm-hmm. slang, I apologize, no. you know, but he's going to he's gonna come in and just yeah. absolutely, I mean, he can automatically be your number one corner. We don't have to worry about Calvin Johnson in the division anymore, go, baby. That's a, that, so who do we have to be scared of? Randall Cobb? Oh, Jordy <laughs> Nelson? Post-ACL surgery? Oh, yeah, barf. Right. You know, like, no, I mean, it's clear that the Bears have the best receiver in the division, and um, they're getting Kevin White back too, and we're getting Kevin White back too. So I mean, to have that corner who's going to lock down anyone, and then you know have Tracy Fuller Porter on the other, the other side, side or Porter eh. in the nickel. I don't like Fuller. I don't like him. He, and and that's understandable. He's he's shown some flashes though. He really has. Yeah. Some days he looks like he, he just could, lacks the instincts. Man. Yeah, I mean, and that's why that's why I feel like a move. Uh, to put him next to my favorite defensive player on the Bears. Adrian Amos. There you go. Put Amos next to Fuller at safety. Ryan Pace that would pick. be money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in like the fifth round too. Yeah, they, we don't they have, have to have Chris Brzezinski or, or uh, Antrol Roll up there anymore. Oh you know? my God, it Antrell would be such Roll. an upgrade. No, I love it. it. Would... I love it. But say now that's kind of a, a stretch if the Bears decide to trade up to three. Let's be honest. So we're talking eleven. That's so what we're talking we'll go about. Eleven here. now. Can do I... you think? Do you think a guy like DeForest Buckner, Vernon Hargreaves? Ronnie Stanley, maybe. You know, do you what? think those guys can fall to eleven? Because I know Ezekiel Elliott's really uh, a big name for the Bears right now. So I just want to hear your thoughts on what yeah. the Bears could do here. Yet again, like always thinking of everything, dude. I, I love that. I I've, I heard your praise in your past podcast of Hargraves. You think he's fantastic, and I, you know, like I'm talking about with that corner, can automatically solidify that number one position. Hopefully, but. Um, you know, if and Ezekiel Elliott, I, I mean, we, we have a lot of guys uh, available. Ronnie Stanley, I'll, I'll give you my my like yeah, my mock hear. here. I, I just want to make a, a shout out to everybody who does read mock drafts, who is involved in the draft. The Bears should not, and I don't think will take Leonard Floyd. He appears to be the consensus pick for the Chicago Bears, which I think is ridiculous. There is so much depth in this draft, the most we've seen in almost a decade um, at the defensive end, defensive line position. I'm sick of seeing the Sheldon Rankins. I'm sick of seeing the Leonard Floyd. That's not a valuable Preach. pick. The Bears need to trade back if that's who you're thinking about getting because you can get him at 16, yep. 17, even 20. And then at that point, you got to go with uh, William Jackson the third uh, at, at corner. But at the 11, here's here's just a quick rundown. I'm not going to go through the analytics, but a little draft I put together puts Goff and Wentz, respectively, Rams-Eagles, then Jalen Ramsey at three because the Chargers mm-hmm. know how to draft. Ezekiel Elliott to the Cowboys. You think so? Four. That's I a think pretty high pick. That's Jerry Passing Jones. Passing on Miles Jack. That's, Jer's, that's Jerry Jones. Miles Jack and that knee. Everybody's crying about it. Yeah, you know what? but he's the most talented linebacker in this entire well, draft. So I would say Jalen Smith still, is, but Jalen Smith he's way gone. Well, he, he's he's gone because of the damage knee condition again. The nerve damage and is it's that's, bad, dude. He yeah. might not play football again. Yeah, but Miles Jack, you think he's gonna fall? I think Miles Jack falls one lower because to the oh Jags. my gosh, the Jags need a linebacker he would solidify that outside linebacker position he'd be amazing for that team they get Dante Fowler back um then 
yet again, Ozzie Newsom winning the draft like he does every year somehow. He's going to get the best offensive prospect, you know, in the draft, and he's going to have Ronnie uh, or Laramie Tunzel fall to him. Mm-hmm. Then, then back-to-back offensive linemen, Ronnie Staley going to the 49ers. They need to protect whoever they're going to put under center. Um, then eight is where the shakeup happens and allows the Bears to get the player I want them mm-hmm. to. I think the Browns go with Paxton Lynch. They're crazy eight. if they do. So, well, let's let's not. Mike, we had a conversation earlier. Do. The Browns are the worst <laughs> organization in sports. And let's not forget names like uh, Muhammad Maskawai and uh, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson and Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel and Brandon. Brandon Whedon and who was uh, who was the guy that's just oh Barkevius Mingo oh my god so <laughs> Great they, name they nice. seem like they'd be super super dumb and take Paxton Lynch who's probably not going to pan out for them anyway like no quarterback does but see now here's where things open up once that eight spot mm-hmm. is you know is taken by a quarterback that leaves some really good top 10 value available mm-hmm. Bosa Buckner Hargreaves this is going to make you happy now so now I think Bosa is the best rusher in the draft. Everybody knows that. People are concerned with his off-the-field issues. They're comping him to J.J. Watt already, which is crazy. He's He's got that big build. I mean, that might have to do with the fact that they're both white. But, <laughs> I mean, who knows? But, um... Joey Bosa to the Bucks at nine. I think okay. that's that just seems Could like happen. such a move that they would make. Then Hargraves to the Giants okay. at ten. I know that hurts your soul. That's okay though because I know Who, where you're going, to baby. 11, to, baby. To Forrest Buckner, Buckner landing out at the of Bears at eleven. Oh my oh, lord! If that happens, talk about that now. Now we don't have to worry about because that dude could take up two spots on the line, so we don't we don't have to. He could rush. He's dropped into coverage before too. I mean, this oh, dude yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, and comparing his to the squanny pussy Leonard. That's sorry, okay. You're good. Leonard Floyd, you know, like I just I just couldn't imagine you know such value being able to come to them and them. To end up taking a guy like Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Now, you know, right. But a lot of, now that's kind of a stretch to say Buckner would fall to 11. I can see it happening. Or Bosa. Or Hargreaves. Maybe, Bo- yeah. No, those guys, because of what w- went down in the draft, this is possible. And yeah. It's just, it's exciting. But yes, oh man, if the Bears get Buckner, because that's really, you're talking about positions in need. Yeah. Defensive line needs depth, right? They oh they, they shored up their offensive line sure. in the offseason. Oh, absolutely. And uh, they did really well in the middle linebacker's position to shore and, and actually have like consistent like veteran presence who know how to play the position. Like sure. Shane McClellan's gone. They, Thank God. Yeah, Christian Jones. Bleh, oh. You know, so oh, John they don't Bostic. Have, he was gone last year. So they don't oh, know. They, they don't, yeah, see you later. We're good <laughs> there. And then, yeah, you look at the cornerbacks. Okay, they can get by there. The safeties, they'll be okay. Right, but the defensive line, you need depth you need there, to especially that in that three-four. You set. need that run stop. I mean, this is the, it right there. The, the, bear, oh, the Bears were it. letting they were they were fourth overall in rushing yards allowed. That's ridiculous. You can't let up that many. I mean, that many rush yards a game. And I that mean, also has to do with ridiculous. the uh, with the with the middle linebacking core because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. But yeah, you're right. That's they true. Need I run mean, I, but, but I line. think those run stuffers are are. I mean, and Buckner can do all of that. He's just he's yeah, just he's a, a beast. physical presence. I think. I mean, I and obviously that was slight wishful thinking. You know, with the way I maneuvered that possible. top eleven. Very possible. But I think it's incredible. You know. All we have, all we have to worry about, Mike, is the Browns making a really dumb choice, like they're bound to do. <laughs> so let Hugh Jackson yeah. go in there, 
fuck up his team even more, and then let the <laughs> let let the Bears just reap the benefits of that. I'm gonna you know? give a little bit of credit to Hugh Jackson because he's actually probably one of the most competent Cleveland Brown coaches they've had in a long <laughs> the time. Past Ten years, yeah. So since Eric Mangini, but still, I mean. yeah. This I'm not sh- I'm not having any faith in the Browns for an office to make the right decision here. So <laughs> no, I, you can't. I, the I teams mean. that I'm worried about, yeah, the Browns are there too. But for Buckner to fall, you got to watch the 49ers and you got to watch the. Tampa Bay Bucks. Yes. To see who they decide. If they take Hargreaves and Buckner's still there, I'll jump for joy because I think the Giants will go offensive tackle. So we'll we'll see. But with this Bears stuff, I was talking about Elliott earlier. He could be a total game changer despite the fact they still have a pretty solid run, running back core right now. I, you know what? That's that's another fantastic point, Mike. I I mean, I am. You can ask uh, my my best friend, Mike Doro. I talk to him all Shout the time. Doro. Shout out, Mike Doro. Um, you could you could talk to him. I mean, I've since the minute Jeremy Langford stepped onto the field, I was like, this is my dude. He's great. Bye, Forte. You know, like I'll catch you later, homie. Although that was bogus. Ryan Pace offering C.J. Anderson a big contract when he's essentially the same player, just a couple years younger than Forte, and not even giving Forte an initial offer. That was that was trash. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think that that uh, that he's shores up that position to the point where Pace isn't the kind of guy to make that move for uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Although I think if he comes to 11, you are I think if he comes anywhere past four, you are just bound to take him. I mean, TJ Yeldon isn't going to do it for the Jags. Who even? Who even plays running back for Justin Forsett for the Ravens? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Is San Francisco, Carlos Hyde, he's blah. I mean, the Browns, who? Isaiah Crow? Well, yeah. oh, oh, right, oh. Right. Duke, Duke Johnson? Right. Oh, man. No, that's not happening. <laughs> then, obviously, I don't see the uh, Doug Martin is a, in, yeah, after everything that's happening. I mean, he's a top 10 running back now. Uh, the Giants. You you have to take him if you're the Giants. I mean, he's still there, maybe. Yeah. Rashad Jennings, Jennings? Yeah, are you serious? Jennings. So I mean, I think so many of those teams are nuts yeah. to pass on the Definitely. best running back prospect since Peterson. Oh. That's, that's that's kind of pushing it since since Le'Veon Bell. Okay, I mean, I mean Le'Veon Bell. He wasn't like a giant prospect. I mean, he wasn't a first. Yeah, round he came on. Anything, he's but just like athletic, just he, making moves. Like exactly. I mean, but I mean, Ezekiel is better than. Better than Todd Gurley. He can do it all. Better though. than Melvin Gordon. He can do it all. I mean, he's so. I mean, oh, the the ability to block, run, catch pass, catch pass. You know what? The, the thing is, too, like this is why I'm bringing this up. Ryan Pace often said that yes, I'm gonna make the best pick available, like the top talent, whatever best player available in this That's draft. That's not true. But hey, it, you know, if this is the case and Ezekiel Elliott's available, you take him. Because in the NFL, for you to succeed at the running back position, you have to have depth. You can't just rely. And now the, the Bears got away with it because they had Forte as your number one who could yeah. be the guy yeah. all the time. He could do everything. Everything. But right now, he's gone. And are you really going to Lay it all on Langford and Carey. Now, Kadeem Carey looked really good last year. He looked year. hot. He I, looked He looked and, good. And the way that they mixed him in on third downs once Gorgeous. in a while. Scored and, you some know, touchdowns. He, he was he, pounding it. it. Yeah, but now without Forte, now Langford, Carey, and as well as Jaquez Rogers. Young Jaquez, dude. Him. Can't forget about that. So, And then you add Ezekiel into these four running backs. Core. Oh, oh, my Lord. That's versatile. That's talented. And you, you can preserve a lot of these guys' you know, bodies instead of beating them into the ground. 
And but see, I think at that point it pretty much closes the door and makes Jaquiz uh, a strictly you know special teams player. Sure, at that and they point. need that and, and and they need that. He's a big dude. I mean, a bit, not big as in tall. He's like five six, yeah. like four four. He's like Kendrick Lamar's height. He but he's he's a big dude. I mean, he could hit. He's he's a great blocker. So that would be fantastic. And I think if you have guys like Buckner, Bosa, those boys off the board. Mm-hmm. There are too many question marks after that. You don't know if that skinny, small, you know, guy like Leonard Floyd is going to pan out. But you, it is like a sure thing, Andrew Luck style, that Ezekiel Elliott is going to come into the NFL and be a difference maker. I will be very, very excited. There are three guys that I hope the Bears end up with after the draft. I want either Hargreaves... Buckner or Elliott. If one of those three guys fall at a little 11, I'll be a you happy have to take him. And if they're not you on the board and they take a guy like Jack Conklin, uh, you know, I'll be all right with it, but I'd rather them trade down at that point. You maybe, have to trade down. Maybe make a move and, and add even more picks because with this Bears transition process, we've talked about it enough. The way you build a team is through the draft. Yes. And at that point, you know, 11's still got a lot of value. And if a team wants him on draft day, be like, yo, man, we're targeting this guy. We'll give you some. You know, you could take our first round pick and, and some a little bit more. And a second round. Sure. Or a third round. You know, Come on. Just that's might money. as well at I that mean, point. There is this is this is such there are no jump off the paper superstars besides, you know, like a bona fide superstar like Ezekiel Elliott or Jalen Ramsey. Besides those guys, I mean, there aren't at many of those, but there are this draft is incredibly yeah. deep. Yeah. Especially on the defensive end. Um, especially a quarterback. I would love to see the Bears go out at four and have a, you know, have a Cutler back up. Oh, um, yeah, no. I, we talked uh, about this before. Jacoby Brissett, Dak Prescott, there, those it, boys are dope. If if the Bears draft decide to draft a quarterback, it better be in the mid to late rounds. Got to be in, in the mid to late rounds. It and has I, to be. I saw some reports, if we're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, let's I talk. Saw, I saw some reports that uh, Brian Hoyer might fall to the Bears. I could. I just. He seems like a jet. I could just see him in that uniform right now. But I mean, I know he's had. He's been there for like fourteen weeks already, just like chilling <laughs> with like chilling with that whole squad yeah, out there. They're trying Todd to get and Patrick together too with that deal, you know. But that's weird. Yeah. And, there, and there, there we go again. What if the Jets wanted to trade up for that Browns pick and get Paxton Lynch? <sighs> so many possibilities. In so this if draft. that happens, the Browns move back. They get even more picks, yeah. which is what they want. And you know, so then the Jets take a quarterback. Three quarterbacks in the top ten. That leaves one of those top yep. ten guys yep. to fall to the it Bears. It all benefits the Bears. It all benefits pity. the Bears. They're, they're at pity. They're sitting pretty at eleven. I love they, it. They sure are. But you know what? It's such an ugly spot because we have about ten solid guys who could jump in and make an immediate right. difference. So if all ten of those guys go off the board like they're supposed to, which never happens, then you know we're screwed and we have to trade back. April twenty eighth, I believe, is the draft date. Yes, am I right? That's April twenty eighth. Right. That's that's the draft. You got to check it out. We're looking. Speculation time is over. We just need to see it happen. Yep. And well, wow, that was really good conversation. Thanks for, man. for the draft. I, I want to transition a little bit now into some NHL talk. Okay. But awesome stuff, man. Like hell yeah, let's go. I'm so excited for the Bears already. But me too, man. I can't wait. Ten and six. Think so? Ten and it could six. happen. Second, Ten and six. second easiest schedule in the, in the NFL. Second easiest after Green Bay? Packers. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, but so, I mean, yeah. So with with this whole Blackhawks news, they're they're playing Game Six. It's an elimination game tonight. As I record this podcast, they could be eliminated, but that's not really what we're talking about right now. The the, the points that we need to make are some of the stuff that went down with Pat Foley and Andrew Shaw. Sure. I want to start with Pat Foley. Because 
he pretty much was saying what everybody else was thinking with this whole late game 830 842 puck, puck drop, drop thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna, I got the quote here. He was pretty much bashing the NFL for for the late puck drop. And I got some thoughts on this, but I just want you to hear the quote first, okay? Yeah. So here we go. go. All right. Quote. Eddie, we've had a tremendous series between two great teams here. And it has been compelling theater. The two teams have been tied or one goal games 96% of the time so far. But this is the third time in five games that a start time of 8.42 local time was mandated. I can say with certainty, players cannot stand these late starts, coaches cannot stand them, and most importantly, the fans cannot stand them. So as we approach midnight again on a work night, a school <laughs> night, a simple question, an 8.42 puck drop, and then he got cut off by the NBC Sports Network. And what he's pretty much said at the end of the quote was, "Is it what, what, what's to gain by this? Now, okay, go Pat Foley. This guy's a legend. I absolutely agree with him because, yes, one, the NHL isn't a major market in the United States. It's not. Nobody watches it. It's pro- It falls fourth to the NFL, NBA, MLB, and then NHL. Hockey. So that's where they're at. Now, my question to you is, yeah. they have games... Uh, playoff games going on, and the Chicago Blackhawks, who have won three Stanley Cups in the last six years, who have been in the playoffs every year since 2009. Sure. What are they doing at the latest? There's 9.42 start time on in, in the East. In the East, yeah. What are, What is the NHL doing? Putting one of the most, their, their most profitable Their market, most marketable, yeah. Their mo- yeah, team at this start. Like, what, what is there to gain? There isn't anything to gain, Mike. And if I, if I, I mean, I don't understand, you know, television regulations very well, but I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't want a primetime start. I mean, really, it's it's not that difficult. What does NBC Sports really show? Right. Or, you know... Home you know, improvement stuff? Exactly. Yeah, home improvement stuff. Or, you know, talk about... Or CSN, for that matter. Really, we don't need to watch uh, the World Series of... Uh, Blackjack, again, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah like you, you know, like that's that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to watch fucking female bowling, there senior you, yeah. female bowling. Right. Like that's that's ridiculous. So I think you have to make a move to where you advance the start time well, of these games. The, the thing man. too I mean, is is and, it's not that, and like congrats to Foley, he's the man. Oh yeah, obviously, and, and, like you said, Mc, I, McDonough, a guy ahead of the Blackhawks, he was uh, actually against Foley's comments. He didn't have his back, which I was kind of pissed about. But I mean, whatever, he's an idiot, but. <laughs> Foley, what he was saying, it, it, it's true. But you look at the NBA, right, and sure. all these playoff games that are going on. Oh they, my god, all the time they're scheduling it. It's like they're not. They're doing a good job, amazing job. They, they, they're overlapping games, so it's like yeah. the end There's of one game on. is overlapping the start of another. So as soon as that game ends, you could turn it on, and it's like midway through that first quarter Boom. or so. Yeah. In the NHL, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> waiting for one game to end. Exactly at the end of the third period, and then having their major market team starting super late at night on a school night. You know, it's just, I just don't understand the thinking Especially there. Especially in Chicago, man. I mean, this is where, I, yeah. I mean, it's the only town that, that cares about uh, hockey, man. For, well, Come on. Yeah. I like, mean, let's, among, be, let's be honest. I mean, we have LA, we have Chicago. Who else? The, the New East, York a little bit. The Northeast. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're Minnesota, it, but they're and then Canada. Canada. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're I mean, a part of Canada. So, so. You, you have, when the Blackhawks are on, 
on a very fun, engaging, exciting team. You get about six million viewers in the Stanley Cup. Not just in, we're talking Stanley Cup, their biggest mm-hmm. platform. So I mean, not a lot of people are watching to begin with. You the Super have Bowl to put is what 115 mil or something? 150. 50. Oh yeah, my. yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, the discrepancy that, there, and it goes up every every single yeah. every single year. You know, and that's just an extreme example. But we're just like putting it to perspective here. Six million viewers for a championship. You know, professional, team. professional yeah. sports organization. That's that's not going to cut it. In the NHL, no. you're not getting any views outside of Chicago and St. Louis anyway because exactly. nobody cares about hockey. Right. And then you're just starting the game super late, and it just benefits nobody. Exactly. So man. go Pat Foley. You killing he, it. He's correct. Absolutely, Absolutely correct. I mean, in good for him to stand up to you know the. The guys who write his checks, yeah, <laughs> because I know that's that's uh, that's he that's just difficult. put it in, in really good perspective. He just he he's the man. I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I wish he'd call some so, yeah, something <laughs> on on the score because God, they need new people. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, that, that's a little bit. That's a little quick little talk about that specific topic. Sure. I want to move on to another kind of controversial thing. Well, not kind of. It was a controversial yeah. thing that went down. You know, it was an unfortunate thing that went down. Andrew Shaw. Said a derogatory, you know, homophobic slur, you know, on the ice at, when he was really upset. And yeah. It was a game uh, four when they, they, yeah, it was game, game four, four and they lost. Suspended for game five. They yeah. lost that game and as a result, he got suspended. But they caught him directly on camera, clear as day. You don't even have to be a lip reader to understand nope. what he was saying. Nope. You know, and that went down, and on top of that, he also, like, double-flipped off the ref. He sure did, and so, that's what I'm talking about, baby. Go, Andrew Shaw. <laughs> well, yeah, then he got in trouble for it. He got suspended for Game 5, as you said. He got fined $5,000, and he has to go to sensitivity training. Yes, he now, does. Now, this is the society we are living in today, and now this isn't the wrong society, because, listen, we have to value people as humans. We cannot... Take a person because of their 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 race, their nationality, their their way of thinking, sexual orientation, sexual orientation. Thank you. It's this is we are people and we treat people as equals. Yeah. To, to, just despite their views, if it's controversial or whatever, and all these people who are saying, I'm sick of the sensitive society. We need to go. Oh, this is stupid. Oh, I don't have time to be politically correct. Well, yeah, yeah you should have no, time you're, because you need to respect everybody exactly. as human beings. I mean, I don't care what your exactly like you said, political affiliation or belief system is. I'm sorry. There's a thing called decency and respect. And, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, I want to go back to the old days where we call the spade a spade. Right. Oh, no, let's no, not do that. No, you don't want to do that because, you know, people are people and they You're all deserve people. equal opportunity. Exactly. But with that being said, I'd like to, you know, commend Andrew Shaw. He he made the comment. It's 2016 now, just like we're saying. It's time for everyone to be treated equally. It's a hurtful word, and I know that. And I'm sorry to everyone, and I want to apologize. Stand up, dude. Great guy. Young kid, though. And the thing I is... Mean, that, that's the whole thing. The He's thing what, is, 23 years old? The thing is... That's, <laughs> He was sincere in his apology, and you can tell. Sure was. And I, I, I'll, you, people can say that he wasn't, but I believe him wholeheartedly. I think, and you know what? Also, Chris Hine of Chicago Tribune, he's he's he came out as gay. Okay. And he covers the Blackhawks. Sure. And Shaw pulled him aside, and he apologized to him directly. And yeah. this was this is on his free will. He's not. He wasn't, he wasn't forced to do this right. out of his sensitivity training. And he came training. out and talked to the media on his own, addressing this issue and yeah. explained himself. And listen. Hockey idiom is different than 
normal everyday conversation. When you're on the ice in a professional sport like that, you hear some of this. Like, you hear some oh, bad stuff, man. Put put the biscuit in the basket, eh? Oh, you know, it's stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That's how they talk. But it's a part of their language. Not saying it's a right thing to do. But listen, Shaw wasn't like. He wasn't calling this ref a derogatory homophobic dude because, like, oh, he the referee was gay, and I don't know if he was or not. But no, he that wasn't. would make it and even worse. By the way, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it would. He was, it would. But it, no, that ref is probably heterosexual. He didn't, he didn't mean it in a way like you know the hist. You know, you know what I mean. He didn't mean it. He wasn't. He was attempting. He was attempting to slander him. I mean, do, do you mind if I use use the term just for everybody who just, doesn't just know? On okay, yeah, and I and I hope I don't offend anybody. But he he called uh, the ref a faggot, and you know that is a word that especially around the time me and Mike are growing up, or even Andrew Shaw for that matter. I mean, he's only a couple years older than us. You know that that was just a term that was thrown around as you know right. uh, as as just like oh you're stupid or oh you're yeah, oh that's gay yeah yeah oh that's gay we that, use that in everyday. That, yeah, that kind of thing, and I'm not trying to justify no. it. No, and I'm and I'm not attempting to do that. All I'm saying is, obviously, Andrew Shaw wasn't attempting to right. demean homosexuals. Yeah. He was just saying it. It's just like a dude yeah, would, you know. I he's like calling him a, a jackass. Subject. You know what? Now though, you have to be careful. Just call people assholes. That's fine. You assholes can't, better. You can't. You can't say fag anymore. And Give you know him a what? more a more general insult. You know, call him a bitch. Call him, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, call him but a you know, fucker, it's just, you know, like, it's, it's very hard for a person to just you know, especially growing up and using that vocabulary every day. It's hard to adjust. But listen. Shaw said he wasn't going to say it anymore. No, That's good. Exactly. And you know, he's not the only one who says it on the ice. I can guarantee you more than half of the players in the NHL are using that term. But Without a doubt. Now it's apparent that this 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 word and it, it's it, it's impacting people. Yeah. It has a history behind it and yeah. it's very very offensive. It's like the N-word to African Americans. Oh man, that yeah, we can go in a whole different it's, story. I'm with just that saying, one, it's in the same conversation sure, level. Sure, you know, it, sure. it's it's a very terrible word that we need to just ban it from our vocabulary. And yeah. let's let's move on. I give Shaw a lot of credit for coming out and apologizing. He was very heated, obviously. Yeah. But that doesn't justify the fact that he uses the word, right? No, exactly, exactly. And I know that's 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 the whole idea. Right. Exactly. But I mean good for the Blackhawks for coming out and, you know, handling it as such. And they, they and show. Andrew Shaw specifically. Right. I want to. I mean, he may or may not be my favorite player on the Hawks, but I do want to commend him because you could have handled it in so many different yep. ways. Just put it out there. Yeah. Move that, on. The best thing you can do is apologize in that situation. Exactly. In the NHL, exactly. they made a statement. They were like, "All right, you're suspended. You owe us money, and you're going to sensitivity training." So this is a message that is heard throughout the league, and hopefully, we can move forward from this. But the main, yeah. It's just it's all over now. We can we can move past it, and it Boom. was it, it took social media realm by storm. Oh, that was pretty intense. Yeah, it was all I over mean, the place. Some people some people do need to see it from a perspective sure. like us as well, though. Like you know what the man. It would be it would be a totally different ball game if this ref happened to be homosexual. Mm, you know, people that would be are crazy. People are people are blowing this up like Shaw is some hateful yeah. spiteful. Yep. Oh my yeah. god! You know what? People can guys hit me on Twitter. See the stuff I say. You'd be you'd be right. amazed. You know, and it's just that that's the whole thing. Like he is he was not meaning it to demean, but 
we'll go back to what Mike and I have said a hundred times already through this. You just can't right. do can't it, do and it. It's, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. It's that simple. Well, wow, man. Great, great conversation today. Well, this, is a, this is a very solid episode of Behind the Pen. I hope you all enjoyed it. I want, I want to thank you again, Jake, for hopping on. It's been a pleasure. I hope you can come back and we do this again sometime. Oh, you know during Plug the your NFL for season. Me. Plug your Twitter for me. What is it? You can follow this boy at? I, you could follow me at? O underscore B underscore Juan W A N underscore Jacoby Obi Wan Jacoby as in Obi Wan Kenobi. You type can follow thing. me on Twitter at Rankin nine oh six. But most importantly, you should follow Most Valuable Podcast on Twitter and on Snapchat because we we were doing that now. Whoa! So, yeah, now, cool. I didn't even know that. And I'm so, a big fan. <laughs> hey, thanks, man. But uh, at Most Valuable Pod on Twitter, at Most Valuable Pod on Snapchat. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube at Most Valuable Podcast, and also keep listening to Behind the Pen. My name is Mike Rankin. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.